Blog Talk Radio. This fall, the Fantasy Sports Channel will make history all over again with even more live fantasy sports radio than anywhere on the planet. At least 12 hours of fantasy football, baseball, basketball, and hockey action each Monday through Friday. Plus more fantasy sports talk every Saturday and Sunday. More than 50 shows in all from the best fantasy sportscasters in the business. Try getting that on your radio dial. The Fantasy Sports Channel, only on Blog Talk Radio. It's a schedule you can bet on. We got Mike back on another edition of Red vs. Blue. Here we go. One bleeds red, and one bleeds blue. Two friends, one heated rivalry. It's intense. It's no holds barred. It's game time. On Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio, with your hosts, Scott Atkins and Michael Trent. Scott and Mike and their versatility bring new light to many topics in and out of the world of fantasy sports. Guests can reach the show by calling 347-324-5404. Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio, where Planet Red and Big Blue Nation collide. Let's hope they're still friends afterwards. Here they are, Scott and Mike. Uh, Jeff Pesquino from uh, DynastyGuys.com. And then, of course, we had the uh, 
the, the two infamous guys from uh, Big F and Dynasty show uh, on with us last week, and we kind of did a – uh, Go ahead. Yeah, with John, with John Duckworth and uh, everything. Uh, you know, as a matter of fact, Scott, I, you know, I know you may not want to go uh, deep into it, but, uh, you know, that was one heck of a show for for somebody that's out there that uh, they weren't, you know, the kind of newbies or weren't able to be a part of that show. Uh, you know, can you can you touch on just a little bit of what you guys talked about? Because I, I've listened to it, and there's a lot of content there. Oh yeah, you know we just uh, I just kind of basically took the uh, the guys that were interesting on these on these player rankings. Uh, we 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 did a little Pierre Garcon, we did a little Garrett Blunt. Uh, we we just uh, went round and round with Jimmy Graham. Uh, we did a point counterpoint kind of thing. Most of these guys had polar opposite opinions on these guys, so it made it a whole lot of fun. And then we had a tiebreaker opinion in there for a couple. It was just a lot of fun, good format. Uh, got the juices flowing for Dynasty, and uh, that's what it's all about, man. If we can if we can help you guys get the juices flowing uh, in the off season with Dynasty, and then as we get closer, I've got my plan. I've got the uh, tickets booked. I've got the hotel room booked. I'm going to be staying in Planet Hollywood. The wife and I will be in Planet Hollywood at uh, in Las Vegas. Regardless if there's a season or not, we're there. We're going to be there with uh, drinks in hand, man. So uh, we've got uh, the, the tickets for books. Southwest had the good promotions going on. You had to check those out. I don't know if those are still active for those guys looking for Vegas. but uh, And then we've got the events that, that lead up to Vegas. You know, we've got the Chicago draft I'll probably be attending this year with the good guys at the National Fantasy Football Championship. Uh, we'll probably be going back to Kentucky for the Kentucky uh, football state championship, and then yeah. we uh, then we have uh, another option uh, like I, like you brought up in the beginning of the show, uh, the Southern Bluegrass Fantasy Football Championship, uh, brought to you by Brian Harwood uh, and those guys. So we uh, we're going to talk to him this week and tonight. Uh, let him tell us a little bit about that contest, and uh, you can make up your mind if you think that's for you. Uh, some well, folks are looking for that entry-level league in the, in the high stakes, and so they need to take that next step from playing in their local league for 50 bucks or 100 bucks. They need to take that next step up to around the, the $200 entry mark. And then if you win one of those things, well, shoot, you've already funded uh, your high-stakes entry fees for next year, and that's how these guys are making their leap into high stakes. You don't have to ask them wife for the money or approval. You just win your way in, and that's what fantasy football is all about. And, you know, Scott, I, I've, I've had a lot of fun uh, last year uh, with the uh, Kentucky Fantasy Football Championship. Uh, that was a lot of fun. I've always, uh, you know, been affiliated with the uh, NFFC and uh, F, FFPC. I, I mean, all of them uh been affiliated in some uh, way, shape, or form, and uh, they're all fun. And uh, I encourage anybody that, uh, you know, if you're not into one of them, do it. You know, whether it's the uh, 60 in the uh, NFFC or whether it's a 77 league. Them 77s, I mean, them leagues are hot. I mean, a lot of people have a great time with them. And, uh, you know, these are things, like you said, they are stepping stones to get to the next level because, uh, you know, you never know. You never know until you you take that chance. So uh, it's a lot of fun to take that chance. And, uh, but the, uh, the, the uh, Kentucky uh, Fantasy Football uh, Championship, you know, it's it's another one that I'm going to go ahead and uh, do um, again myself and uh, and see what happens with. Uh, I think the, uh, this league uh, or this year they're going to have it at uh, Horseshoe Casino in uh, Southern Indiana, which will be a it's a perfect venue uh, for you know for those that were drafting uh, last year. They're going to love it. I mean, it's going to be an outstanding venue. Well, we've just got time. We've got to figure out what they're going to do and what their relationship will be with the uh, the tumultuous World Championship of Fantasy Football. Obviously, the top ten prizes there were uh, WCFF entries along with the with the cash, and so we've got to figure out what they're going to do. We do have some uh, things we're going to talk about with regard to that. I know a lot of people have the, the WCFF on their minds, and, and we're going to touch on a little bit of that uh, tonight as well. Uh, the Fantasy Players Association is going to be um, releasing some news uh, here in the, the uh, this coming week on some uh, some pretty interesting interviews that took place uh, that that are going to impact all of us uh, with regards to the world championship. So we're going to have to uh, cross our fingers and hope for the best 
and uh, get, get some details from some of the some of the people that have uh, some stake in the game. So that's uh, that's kind of the purpose of the uh, releasing these interviews to give uh, give some more information on uh, future uh, possibilities for the that might exist for the World Championship. But we're gonna we're gonna get started again. We've got the uh, the player commentary that we've got this week. We've got the dynasty trade. We're gonna review. And, uh, you know, there, 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 there's a lot of these guys here that I put on the list this week that I thought would really be interesting to talk about. Um, you know, the first one on the top of the list here, Mike, Antonio Holmes. I mean, when you look at this guy, uh, obviously coming off of uh, suspension last year, gets signed by the New York Jets. I'm looking at um, the ADP of the current draft going on right now. And it looks like he's about wide receiver 19, anywhere to about 20, 24, something along that line. Now, this is a wide receiver one that looked really fantastic in the playoffs and, you know, burning some of the some of the better corners in the league. Uh, again, a suspension there, new offense, new team for him. I want to throw some numbers at you, Mike, and tell me, tell me what you think. Thanks to uh, the courtesy of Steve Waremski. Uh, we've got uh, Holmes ranked number 13 in fantasy points per snap. That's a pretty powerful little stat there, guys. You might want to write that down. Fantasy points per snap. Uh, he's pretty efficient, ranked number 13. Ranked number 12 in fantasy points per opportunity, which means huh, it's even a little deeper than snap. It's how many times he's involved in the play. How many times that he's involved in the play, whether he's running a route, a passing route of some sort, Ranked number 12 in fantasy points per opportunity. Uh, again, number fantasy points per week, number 21. Fantasy points number uh, number nine in targets per route ran. Listen to that stat. Number nine in the league in targets for every route he ran, Mike. So when he runs a route, man, he's number nine in the league in targets. That's pretty powerful. And then finally, number 15 in targets per drop. Targets per drop. That's a different statistic there, but when when they look his way, uh, and he and he's pretty efficient in uh, how many times he drops the ball for every time that he looks his way. And the last thing I'm going to bring up here, Mike, if you take out week six and seven, you know he had the four week suspension, and then he comes. They have the bye, and then he comes back. You know, he, those first two weeks he wasn't really involved in the offense. He was kind of on some deep draft plays, you know. But if you take out the those two weeks when he was back from suspension, so you move on from weeks eight on, he's the number 12 wide receiver in the league. So you've got the, the, the situation with Braylon Edwards probably not uh, where he's not going to be coming back. It's going to be very hard for them to sign both of those guys. You have right. to think that the wide receiver 12 is kind of his downside. It kind of goes up from there for me. So I don't know. What are your thoughts on San Antonio Holmes, number 10 for the New York Jets? Okay, well, you know, I kind of like those stats uh, that you're throwing out there, Scott. Um, the one stat that I would uh, that I'm going to try to pull up right now uh, is uh, the average points scored of the New York Jets. Uh, you know, I mean, thirteen, uh, thirteen for snap, uh, twelve, you know, for opportunities, nine targets. You know, he's being targeted and. Uh, this and that, and I'm not trying to play devil's advocate on you right now, but the bottom line is uh, the New York Jets do not score a lot of points. And that's a good, you know, my friend. I just, uh, I, you know, I, I just do not know how he is going to uh, find the end zone uh, that many times uh, with that type of offense. Yeah, very good point. I know. I love how the, the logic there. A lot of fantasy players use something straightforward like that when they're trying to set their starting lineups. If you look at high-stakes players and they've got a decision to make on which wide receiver to start, Mike, what do we always fall back on? If it's a if it's a coin flip, what do what does a savvy fantasy player fall back on? You know what I'm ready Touchdown. to say. Touchdowns. Well, a little more on the gambling aspect. I'm, I'm, I'm barking up the tree of the gambling, the gambler aspect, the prognosticator aspect. The over-under. We look at the right. over/under, and that's what right. that's what you were talking about, Mike. The points scored for that offense, and, and we usually look at the over/under. If it's a 44, 45, maybe a 50, man, you got to get those wide receivers in there. But if it's a, you know, 35, 36, 37 Pittsburgh type game, you let that coin flip be decided by the higher over/under. It's right. a uh, it's a very good savvy high stakes fantasy player type of tip. There, I just gave it to you. It's very popular in the 
in the high stakes circuit, and that's uh, that's one of those that that makes a lot of sense. You go to the game that has the most points scored. So, Mike, I like your your input on the uh, on the point score per game for the New York Jets. So we've got a lot more analysis on players like Santonio Holmes to come up later in the program. We're going to go ahead and bring on our special guest of the evening. Um, again, the last year we talked, we uh, Mike and I both participated in the Kentucky State Championship. Again, that's Sunday, August 28th. Those drafts are held uh, at the Horseshoe Casino. However, the week before that, you might want to consider and check out another draft in the Louisville area, the Southern Bluegrass Fantasy Football Championship, brought to you by Buffalo Trace Bourbon. They're going to be the main sponsor this year of the uh, the SBFFC this season. They're going to be drafted at the Corvette Museum, Saturday, August 20th, 2011. I bring you Brian Harwood. Brian, welcome to Red vs. Blue. Thank you. Thank you. Good evening to you all, and uh, thanks for uh, having me on your show tonight. Uh, First-time caller, long-time listener. Yeah. <laughs> good to have you, Brian. Good to have you, too. How you doing there, Mike? Yeah, I'm doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. Uh, you took a week off, and uh, we just, uh, you know, we uh, look forward to having you on the show and uh, anxious to uh, what you got to say about the uh, Southern Bluegrass uh, Fantasy Football Championship. There you go. Everybody's feeling good with Dr. Harwood tonight, so... Uh, I'm ready to uh, talk about anything you want to discuss regarding the uh, SBFFC. We are in our second year now, and we're starting to grow a little bit. Now we just need the NFL to get their act together and get this lockout settled. Yep. So, uh, well, Brian, I think I, I guess we'll start, Dr. Harwood. We'll start with the uh, the idea when I go to the site, I see all kinds of sponsorships on here. Talk to us about the sponsorships. We're We've been kind of waiting for these contests to kind of go to the sponsorship world. Tell us about the sponsorships, what they do for you specifically as a contest operator. Well, let me tell you about the, the main sponsor, Buffalo Trace uh, Bourbon. I talked to a nice gentleman named Chris Comstock. He works up in Frankfort, Kentucky, does the Buffalo Trace distillery up there. Last year they ran a free fantasy football contest where it was basically a pick'em survivor type game where you – Pick, you know, your positions of quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers, and they held their contest on MyFantasyLeague.com. It didn't cost any money to play, but they gave out gift certificates to Buffalo Trace merchandise and things of that nature. So a friend of mine was like, well, Brian, uh, Buffalo Trace did this last year. Why don't you try to contact them and try to get Buffalo Trace on board with your event and benefit both companies as Buffalo Trace tries to compete with the Maker's Mark and the Woodford Reserves of the uh, Kentucky Bourbon. And I think Buffalo Trace is simply trying to get their name out there. So they agreed to sponsor us for our event, but the stipulation being that we can only drink Buffalo Trace Bourbon at our live event. And there is a lot of bourbon going to be drank at our Southern Bluegrass event in August at the Corvette Museum. So Buffalo Trace Bourbon is going to be all over. Their name is going to be on banners, draft boards, brochures, is going to be on the big screens. Um, they're going to have a event, you know, that's going to be presenting the Southern Bluegrass Fantasy Football Championship. So it's basically they're getting their name out in exchange for to help our league and contest grow and to increase the payouts that are listed on the SBFFC payouts page. Now, we're we're in here to increase the payouts because we got quite a few expenses. The Corvette Museum, they're not free. We've got to pay a rental facility. We've actually got to pay a liquor liability license to rent the place out and you know draft boards and facilitators things to make you know you all know the things to make the right. drafts run smoother and we're just trying to get some sponsorship money to pour back into some of our expenses so our payouts can grow higher we're, our goal this year is to give between 88 and 90 percent payout on the uh, southern bluegrass fantasy football championship and that's how buffalo trace got on board there I gave them an offer, and then they came back with a counter offer that was higher than the than the offer that I had sent them. And uh, they're also going to send us some bottles of bourbon as well. So it's kind of a great, you know, good trade agreement there. And uh, Tony Rhodes, a great State Farm insurance salesman here in Bowling Green, uh, one of my best friends, Jonathan Patterson, he does business with Tony. And we went and saw him, and he's wanting to help out here at the event and get his name out to get people to buy more insurance from him and uh, – Tell you, he, he's going to have to probably get into the uh, World Championship of Fantasy Football insurance sales if uh, they don't straighten up. But they they decided to get their name on board and help us out a little bit. 
of WGN Radio AM 1340. I'm going to be all over their radio station in July and August. They're going to be running promotion commercials for me. I'm going to be going on their uh, fantasy football uh, radio show on Mondays and Thursdays, and uh, I'll put some uh, Blog Talk Radio Red versus Blue plugs on there as well because I think Friday night is an excellent night to have fantasy football content because you're getting fired up and ready for the weekend. The waiver move claims are in, and now you're just getting ready to set your lineups and get the week started, so there'll be some promos there. And Overtime Sports Bar and Grill, we're going to have our post-draft party at Overtime. They're giving us a bunch of gift certificates. They're giving us a $25 gift certificate for each week of the season, the top point score in the entire SBFFC. And, and we're one of the one of the bigger big contests that does weekly payouts. So Overtime has graciously uh, agreed to help us out there, and they're going to give us some gift cards to give to some pretty young ladies that's going to be helping out and putting the stickers on the draft boards and uh, things of that nature. So we've And then DraftSharks.com, I don't want to forget them. I've been a loyal subscriber to them for several years now, and Lenny Papano has been gracious enough, and he wants his word to get out to more subscribers too. So he's going to give us several Draft Sharks subscriptions to some of our league winners for the 2012 season. So that's another, um, that's another you know, sponsor that's coming on board. And then Fantasy Sports Vault, they're going to be actually our league treasurer for our Southern Bluegrass Fantasy Football Championship. So they'll be collecting the money from these owners that will be paying in via debit card, credit card, they can mail them a check. And then I like how, and you're going to like this too, Scott, I like how Fantasy Sports Vault, it's so easy to get on the account. It takes five minutes to pay it. And then once the season's over, within days, you're paid. What prizes you're paid, Fantasy Sports Vault, they put it in your account, and you can withdraw it, keep it in there for later contests, what have you. They've paid pretty lightning quick. So we, I'd like to thank all of our sponsors so far for making this happen. Right. Four, seven. Go ahead, Mike. Yeah, Brian, I got to admit, dude, that was great. I mean, you're better than any NASCAR driver that that I've ever heard. <laughs> I mean, that was awesome. I mean, just to lay out the sponsors, lay out what's going on. Uh, uh, last year was your first year. Uh, how'd it go? Uh, how many teams and, uh, you know, uh, what kind of participation did you have? Did you feel good about it? Well, yes, sir. We uh, last year we had it at the Hilton Garden Inn in Bowling Green. It was in a very intimate room setting. It we barely got forty eight teams to go in there, but everybody had a great time. And I've been running fantasy football contests for fifteen years, and a lot of the owners that did it, you know, they've been playing, you know, the local twelve team leagues for several years with me. And then those people, they had friends that wanted to jump on board, and they had friends that wanted to jump on board, and. You know, I advertise with WGN and advertise with a couple of local newspapers here, and the league kind of grew from there. And I would, you know, also as well, you know, Farrell Elliott, who runs the Kentucky State Fantasy Football Championship, I got the idea from him to start a uh, bigger fantasy league. And you know, he gave me several owners, and I gave him several owners as well. We're kind of doing a good little free trade agreement here. And Farrell and yes. Justin helped out a lot. And I had some great, you know, Four of my best friends, you know, Jonathan Patterson, Matt Krantz, Jeff Richardson, Luke Keith, they all sat down and helped me promote the day's events, and they took a lot of, you know, load off me, and we all worked together and made this event grow and, and, and do well. We also had a solid auction that we raised quite a bit of money to help, you know, pay for, for you know, local charity, the March of Dimes, and to help pay for a lot of our expenses as well. And we had some Kappa Delta girls that came to the event, and that was what a lot of the owners were most impressed with. We had some pretty Kappa Delta girls from Western Kentucky University come down and put the stickers That's on the whiteboard. They were very friendly, very nice, very uh, pleasing to look at too. Now, so, now, uh, where this year uh, it's uh, going to be August twentieth. Uh, where is it going to be at the uh, Corvette Museum? Is that we are going to be at the Corvette Museum in Bowling Green, Kentucky, just uh, off I sixty five. It's about an hour and a half hour and a half south of Louisville. Just go to I-65, get off exit 28, and you'll be right there. Take a left at the first light, and bam, you're right there. Be in the big conference room. The Corvette Museum, in my opinion, is the is the best and most glamorous and the most professional uh, conference room in Bowling Green to have great events. The Corvette Museum has had a lot of weddings and trade shows, and 
and I think it's time for the SBFFC to really get even more professional and, and run an event at the Corvette Museum. There's going to be a lot going on that weekend, and we're looking to expand to 60 teams, and I think with the help of you all's promotion and getting the brochures out and word of mouth, and I think we can very easily get up to 72 owners this year and have six divisions. Because a lot of these owners that I felt in Bowling Green, a lot of the owners from last year, this is the first time they've ever entered a, a higher stakes contest of this magnitude. They've always yeah. done their local 10 or 12 team leagues in a bar or at someone's house or on the Internet, but they had never made the step up to join an event like this. And everybody in Bowling Green, now they're hooked. Now everybody's going to go tell their friends, tell their family, and they're going to have friends who are going to tell friends. I mean, it's going to grow and grow and grow, and it's, it's going to get big, and we're going to you know, just try to keep the right. momentum going. And this year we'll do the sign auction again, have a lot of games, a lot of mingling, have some good food, Buffalo Trace bourbon. I mean, it's, you know, this league is the for your for the fantasy league owner that is tired of doing the common fantasy league. The SBFFC is going to be the cure for the common fantasy league out there, and it's going to be a great stepping stone to the Louisville and the Las Vegas leagues that are the high stakes now too. Cool. I just went ahead and um, put some things together here when I took uh, checked out the league again. I don't think we, I don't think you, I think you call this a stepping stone up in the high stakes, and I think that's kind of what this is meant to to be. It's kind of like the satellite type level that gets you, but it does have a nice grand prize. Uh, I think uh, three thousand is is the goal here for the for the top prize, and, and I want to give the listeners all a little bit of a, of a of a list of the rules, and then you can get to the prizes, Doctor Harwood. The, the list of the rules here, you do the two flex spots. Yeah, you we do, do the, the third FF... round reversal. Go ahead. Yeah, no, I'm sorry. Yeah, the, the FFPC exact lineup structure, you know, the two flex. Now, we don't do the one-and-a-half point uh, reception for a tight end, but um, but we do the exact FFPC uh, lineup score, which I love the flex, the two flexes. It, makes a, it, it, get, it shows for a lot of more flexibility in setting your lineups. And yeah, you, you, know, you get the two flex. That kind of helps the the, the lineup. The, the owners that uh, might get stuck at a position, they can kind of bail themselves out at another position. That kind of like makes it really competitive. The third round reversal, you kind of take that from the NFFC in the, in the Kentucky draft. They do the third round reversal. Talk about your decision. Why did why to uh, use the third round in the three RR? Well, a lot of my buddies were like, well, if you get an early draft pick and grab that running back, then they, they have the notion that your earlier one through four draft spots are going to automatically win the league, which in a lot of cases is not true. It depends on your entire team roster. See, there again, a lot of the a lot of my local Bowling Green owners before they entered the SF, uh, excuse me, SBFSC last year, they had never done third-round reversal. So this is something new to get a lot of the local guys to learn a more diverse type of drafting, and it, it has more strategy as well. Do you want to draft a number one hole, the number three hole, the number twelve hole, number ten hole? It's you know, it, it's always good that intrigue to see the look in all these owners' faces. Where what spot do they want to go in? What you know, what players do they want? It's it's all about that draft day strategy, and we're just trying to add more of the intrigue of that third round reversal. And I've loved third round reversal. So you got the third round reversal. You take the six points per passing touchdown, and then you also minus one for running back fumbles. I kind of like that. You got the blind bidding for free agents. Uh, then you also do something that we don't see a lot of in high stakes. You do first come first serve till kickoff. Talk about that decision. Yes, there's going to be a 24 hour period after the the waivers, the free agent bid waivers are done, and then the, you know, for those players, and then like if a person needs say a last minute kicker or if he didn't get several of the players they wanted, or if somebody just comes out of the woodwork, you know, maybe Saturday or early Sunday morning, they can plug in a lineup, you know, with that. I'm lo- I love the FAB system, but there's been times I've seen owners that during a bye week, they'll put a bid in for a couple bye week kickers and don't get anybody. We're just, we're doing both systems because a lot of the owners there, again, they're from Vaughn Green and locally, they're used to the first come first of free agents after the waivers. However, too, I don't want to. I don't want any owner in the SBFFC to go into it with, well, I lost a waiver on a backup kicker or backup quarterback. I don't. 
I'll have to take a zero for the week. I don't want any of my owners taking a zero in any position for the week. I want them to put their best foot forward if something were to come up, you know. And then this, basically we're using this as a compromise to satisfy all the owners, you know, more of the, the experienced owners that are used to the FAAB and try to get away from the common system of just, well, if you're buying with the waiver wire, you get your first spot of free agency. You get your strategy there, but then you have something to fall back on just in case you don't get the main free agents you want, but at least there's someone out there just to field a competitive team on the field. So then we also look at the uh, the uh, payoffs here. Uh, based on five teams putting up uh, 175, looks like about an 84% uh, payout with the uh, top prize being uh, 2100 plus the trophy plus the Kentucky State entry, 300R value. So, Ten five based on uh, you know the five divisions there and fifty one hundred in league prizes thirty seven hundred in the championship round uh, so yeah I put about an eighty four percent payout does that sound about right? You see we also got the consolation bracket winner will win uh, one seventy five for those teams who don't make the divisional playoffs above that wasn't in the top four and uh, it'll be kind of like a way the world championship of fantasy football did like those teams that. Didn't make the main bracket. They did. They went to the consolation bracket. Like, but those are the teams that finished above 500, but they didn't make the playoff round. So it's kind of a separate, uh, separate round for them. So uh, that's why we're getting these sponsors. We're going to improve these payouts a little bit, and we're going to fudge around to make them make some of them higher. I'd like to make the, the SBFFC champion a little bit higher, and I'd like to make some of the, you know, the top five overall a little higher, and then maybe make some of the you know, divisional payouts a little bit higher as well. That's uh, another reason getting back to the sponsorship money as well. So, you know, we're, we're I think there's some for anybody. You've got to you've got to have a great regular season. You know, to cash in. You know, six hundred if you win your division. But also during the season, you'd also win another hundred if you uh, get the most total points, and another hundred if you get uh, if you get the best overall record. You know, from uh, week one to eleven, and then you enter the the total points playoffs. Got finished in the top five out of twenty there, but I got a feeling I'm gonna get a sixth division. I'm just gonna to have to these payouts are gonna to have to go up astronomically when I get a sixth division there if we keep growing the way we're projected to grow, you know. Right. Well, uh, well, uh, Doctor Harwood, uh, where uh, like last year, uh, did you uh, were you able to gather some uh, uh, some fantasy players from? Uh, you know, say uh, in the uh, St. Louis area, uh, Nashville area, uh, uh, where did they all where did they all come from? Instead of uh, say Louisville, Lexington, and Bowling Green. Well, we had about fifty percent come from Bowling Green. I'd say about twenty five percent came from Louisville, and then the remaining twenty five percent was kind of a hodgepodge of Elizabethtown, Lexington, St. Louis, Nashville. Uh, there was a couple that came in from New Orleans. And uh, there was uh, two owners that came in from the Columbus, Ohio area. So they came in from all over the region. And then there was one, you know, Ty Casey from Fantasy Sports Vault. You know, he drafted via phone out of uh, Seattle, Washington. So I'd I'd say, you know, at least half of them are coming from Bowling Green. And I would like to get more localized people. But I want to make more of the, you know, we're getting some more people in from Louisville this year. And uh, Dave Gerzak has signed on to – be a part of this league as well. So, uh, so you well, know, we're expecting uh, the Wisconsin, Wisconsin guy. Got a Wisconsin guy there, and uh, you know that's good. I mean, anything you can uh, draw, uh, you know, draw from uh, outside. You want to keep it uh, localized as well. Don't get me wrong, but uh, any you know anybody you can draw from outside the region that can just bring uh, some knowledge uh, to it. Uh, it sounds it sounds good. That's exactly right. You know, we're trying to. Make it a Kentucky hospitality feel, but anyone is welcome to join in there. You know, I'm looking for the opportunity when we can get some people overseas from Japan and Europe, and you know, and you know, Canada. You know, to you know, come on board. You know, and make it more of an international event. Once we go bigger, you know, it's you know, time will tell on that. But you know, we're we've got an open door policy in the SBFFC. You know, we're welcome from all over, and that's what makes the league you know, live event more fun. You know getting these people that only see each other once a year together and hobnob and, you know, mingle and and draft and then go out to and have your uh, post-draft party at overtime and, 
you know, really have a – basically make a weekend out of it, you know, because a lot of these guys are going to arrive in, you know, Friday night and then Saturday morning we're going to have a, you know, small little draft event, a little 12-team draft to kind of rev up for the big one. Then have the big event and then, you know, bam, go to overtime, unwind and recharge your batteries and send, eat and drink and be merry and have a good time and just mingle more with the owners. We're, the SBFFC, I'm trying to promote like this. We're just one big family and, uh, you know, the family's growing, you know, each and every year, and I've also been blessed to, you know, have quite a few golfers that have uh, joined the league as well, and they want to do a golf outing. So, yeah, it, it, I've been very impressed, and I've been very pleased that a lot of these owners are wanting us to get together and do more social activities. And I think it's an escape from the, the working world and the stresses of the economy and things like that. And, you know, it's kind of a, an es- sometimes an escape from reality, and it's you know kind of a one or two night thing where you can just uh, go buck wild and just have a good time and it's like you know it's like christmas morning to a lot of these people yeah so i agree it's um and you know and we always welcome suggestions you know to make the leagues better you know last year we did we did a head-to-head playoff with uh, 16 teams and now we're, we're going to five leagues and hopefully six we've got to go to a total points playoff so you know because we're just trying to you know Kind of grow into the more high stakes league, kind of slowly but surely take baby steps along the way, and you know we're we're definitely the biggest live event in Southern Kentucky. You know because this is the first time Bowling Green has ever been hit with such a live event, and it'll keep growing and it'll become a regular part of the uh, August and September drafting schedule. Yeah, well, good. You mentioned Dave Gerzak there. That is a business has uh, definitely picked up for the competition there yes. uh, in your contest, Brian. So uh, it looks fun. I think it's pretty cool. You got draft sharks involved. I think that appeals to a lot of high stakes players and uh, a respectable payout. I think it's one of those leagues you can market uh, to uh, guys that don't play a lot of high stakes. Uh, but unless they, unless they, you know, hey, you know what? Uh, it's nice to have. Um, it's nice to have um, these live events springing up. Uh, because, you know, the more we can get together, like you said, and more we can compete on weekends, it, it gets busy around this time. For me, personally, I, I thought it's hard for me to get away on these weekends because I'm already busy on the other ones with local drafts and things like that. But a lot of these guys, Brian, are, are dismissing their local drafts for the higher competition. And maybe maybe you could take a lead that's normally paying about a $100 entry fee and convince all those guys to bump up to the 175 level and get in this thing, and you can start to really grow that thing. Yes, and I'm, I'm looking to uh, – there's several local leagues in Bowling Green that I've entered negotiations with to uh, do some business with them. And, like, you know, look, guys, you know, take your league and have, like, your league winner from your local league come to the SBFFC next year and kind of give more exposure to you guys. And, you know, there again, you know, that free trade agreement, like with what me and Farrell have in Louisville, you know, bring some guys over to the SBFFC, and then a lot of these local leagues, it seems like a lot of them, well, they need one or two you know, more people on draft day, and you know, we'll supply that for them too. You know, we're just here to make live events much better, and we're just here to make the fantasy football industry grow much more in this area. You know, and Scott, I agree too. You know, it's a, it's a big step up. Fantasy football, I think, is the most popular it's ever been. And hopefully, I'm getting this SBFFC going right at right at its peak. Well, one so, thing, uh, I think, uh, you know, you just c- continue to grow it, and uh, you know, get people excited about it. There's there's nothing more exciting than to uh, get into the uh, the level where you're at or uh, feral, uh, but you know, the level where you're at, and just say, you know. Feeling better about, hey man, I'm, I'm I'm competing against some pretty good guys here. Now, if I can win this, next thing you know, I can go to the next level. So well, uh, it's one thing to win your, like you said, it's one thing to win your local league, but it's another thing to win the, uh, you know, SDFC. I mean, that's that that's another stepping stone, and you should feel good about that, and then to move forward. So, you know, I think I think it's pretty cool. It adds to the adds to the fantasy football resume, so to speak. Like our uh, league champion from last year, Dave Barkis, he's out of Columbia, Kentucky. You know, it's uh, about an hour and a half um, east of Bowling Green, and he had done a lot of local leagues in the Columbia Campbellsville area, and did some online leagues with me, and, and won some good money. 
And then last year he made the step up and uh, joined the SBFSC, and now he's our defending champion, and he walked home last year with $2,000. Now he's going to Louisville to apply his talents at the Kentucky State Fantasy Football Championship. And what would be the greatest thrill for Dave next year is when we recognize him as our league champion with the 60 to 75 or even more people is going to see him be presented with the trophy and they're going to be giving him a, you know, they're going to be clapping for him and standing up for him and giving him the respect he deserves. That's just that recognition. That just creates more momentum and adrenaline to these alpha males to do better in the fantasy league. And that's going to drive them to be like, look, this could be me next year. You know, this could be me, you know, and he was. And then then what can happen from him uh, from this point forward? I mean, you know, he could just continue to move on. I mean, he could be good enough. He could be the best of the best that we don't even know about. Well, that's exactly right. You know, and I've had several other people, like, you know, Matt Krantz, he's won $4,000 in the last few years off fantasy football, get back to, you know, Justin McCord's won some good money, Stephen Owens, you know, Luke Keith's won quite a bit of money, Jeff Richardson, among others. Like, I'm signing uh, Kimber Slicer. She's coming down to the SPFFC this uh, this August, and she's won in the six digits of uh, fantasy money over the years. So you get Kimra on board, bam, just like Dave Gerzak, yep. the competition just zoomed up again. And what you're going to see, Mike, is you're going to see the people, some of these fantasy owners are going to be like, I want to beat Kimra. I want to beat Dave. I want to beat Krantz. I want to beat Dave. I want to beat you know Kimra. I want to beat Farrell, whoever. A lot of people enter these contests just so they have an opportunity to play with them, and that makes them better fantasy players because they're playing with the more experienced people. You don't get better playing high-stakes fantasy football until you're in there, in the war zone, in the trenches with these higher-stakes players. That's how you get better, to break away from the the local guys that have done the fantasy league for 10, 12 years, the same guys. You know what they're all about. You know how they're going to draft and keep up their teams over the season. But – when you're drafting with a different set of people that are more serious about it and are out there to win, you know, it makes you better. It's, it's just like golf. You you, you play you hit yep. the golf ball you know better when you, when you play, you know, with great golfers. And just the, the competition is heating up. You're exactly right, uh, Brian. And one, one thing about it is, uh, you know, I, I never would have uh, stepped into the uh, world of high-stakes fantasy football uh, if it wasn't for Scott. Uh, Scott put me in there and uh, – yeah, he's like, well, heck, you can you can play a you can play a locally, heck, you know that's that's okay, but uh, let's really step in and see how good you are, and uh, and you're you're exactly right. That's kind of the same analogy that uh, Scott put me into. Thanks, Scott. <laughs> <laughs> Scott McCree, the monster on that one. Yeah, I, I don't know what to do. I'm surrounded, I'm surrounded by Kentucky guys here. They've kind of taken over the show. They've hijacked the show, and so we just got to let them, you know. Well, Brian, you're, you're still with us, man. Let's talk uh, a little bit about uh, some of these guys that uh, these, uh, you know, you, you got that you consider and how they might uh, be impacted by your rules and your draft. Let's talk about Jonathan Stewart here, uh, running back 19 on the ADP right now. And not only is D'Angelo Williams leaving, but they have a new quarterback in Cam Newton. How, we try to understand how that'll impact his performance. Something I like to look at. Is a you know I'm a stagent. More stats here. Lots of stats. 34 misses. This guy forced on 178 touches. He does not want to get tackled. He has forced 34 missed tackles on 178 touches. That's fifth in the league overall at 18 percent. He has the nagging heel injuries, but he's only 24 years old. He's got a really cheap handcuff in Mike Goodson, and that kid's a beast. He's a must handcuff. 4.4 yards to carry there. Excellent receiver. Like I said, a must cuff. But, uh, Dr. Harwood, talk to us about Jonathan Stewart. What do you think about him at an ADP of 19? ADP of 19, that might be a little bit high for some of our local owners, but what he's got going for him is he's a running back. And a lot of people like getting them running backs early, but Cam Newton, will he be thrown into the fire right away in Carolina? They, they, Carolina may go back to the more experienced so far. And now with D'Angelo Williams out of the way, Stewart may not be 19th just yet, but he's now got more, you know, playing time and getting more touches. Just if he scores more touchdowns, gets the yards, he gets more consistent every week, he'll be worth that value, you know, during the season as it wears on. But 
Carolina Panthers, they're going to have to hit the reset button on that playbook. But, you know, John Stewart, I'd say probably about a maybe about an ADP of 28 to 30. But he does have potential to move up very easily. Depends on how the Panthers play. And uh, I, I would really watch him in the preseason. Hopefully there will be a preseason. But uh, I would Mike, really would watch Mike, him. If D'Angelo Williams is dealt our ADP of 19, what do you think about that, Jonathan Stewart? Well, you know, with Jonathan Stewart, I'm thinking, you know, he'll have he has the opportunity to move up as well. It's just a matter of just the playing time and how many touches and the touchdowns he gets. Because Carolina is in a division where defenses sometimes they lack. You know, a lot of times Tampa Bay, New Orleans, they're going to play them twice. They give up quite a few points in the fourth quarter. So if Stewart can just stay healthy and get the touches, I think he'll be worth it. I I think Stewart's going to be drafted lower than 19th in our SBFFC at this time. But, you know, get, get more preseason time in, get some of the some of the more projections in there. I think Stewart could be worth his while. I think we might have lost Mike there. Mike, oh, you still well. with us, buddy? Yeah, I'm here. You didn't fall out, too, did you? Well, look. I look at Jonathan Stewart, weeks 12 to 15. He was an absolute beast, 115 yards per game, finished fifth in the league, like I said, in forced missed tackles per touch. I love the capabilities there from that uh, little Oregon running back there. Still a young back, and uh, he can definitely make an impact. you got to consider Jonathan Stewart at RB19 a steal, in my opinion. Let's go to Sean Green, Guys, RB24, Mike Trent, I'll start with you. His touchdown numbers have to improve, right? His reception counts have to improve. Some people said he couldn't catch the ball at all with zero catches the year before. He moves up to 19 now last year. He's got to move on to at least the mid-20s, maybe even 30s. Uh, his carries and his yardage has to improve with his number of carries. The Jets faced a tough run schedule last year. All that's getting better for Sean Green, and he's being drafted at RB24. Mike, what's your take? Okay, well, my take right now is, uh, you know, it's very uh, opposite of uh, Santonio Holmes. We were talking about Holmes earlier in the show. Uh, I still don't think uh, the Jets will score that many touchdowns. However, I think they will score more via the ground, uh, and Sean Green is going to be a product thereof. Uh whether Damian Tomlinson has a lot to do with it, I'm not so sure. But I think Sean Green is going to have a, a lot to do with this offense. I just took him in a mock uh, just a little bit ago. And, uh, you know, I, I feel more comfortable about taking uh, Sean Green as my running back as I do Santonio Holmes as my wide receiver. The only reason I say that, Scott, is because that he's going to get more touches and it's just going to be a grinding out type of game. And uh, in the red zone, I really feel like that Sean Green is going to be the guy that they're going to give the ball to. And uh, we'll go to Dr. Harwood for the rebuttal there. Well, Sean Green, it's uh, there again. He's got LaDainian Tomlinson um, in his way, so to speak. But, see, Sean Green last year, I don't think he got enough carries. If they give him – I'm hearing a rumor that they're going to give him 20 carries a game, and what, if they do that and get some more touchdowns in there, he'll be he'll be good at ADP of 24. But how? My, my, let me ask. Let me answer the question with a question here. How many catches like will Sean Green get? You know, the SBFFC is a PPR format. How do you all think Sean Green will do in terms of uh, catching the ball? That you know, that's a good question. Uh, to be honest with you, uh, Dr. Harwood, I. Yeah, he may not get that many. He's not going to get that many. But then again, I don't see him dumping them off. That's not their plan offensive-wise. I don't see it uh, for the Jets, Mark Sanchez, to to do double passes and things like that. Uh, they're, they're underneath passes. So we're, we'll, they'll, they'll go to Keller. So uh, I, I don't think that's going to carry into the equation. Well, and also, too, you know, the New York Jets, you know, they've got to worry about their, you know, wide receivers as well. And then, like, say if they play, like, say, the New England Patriots, the Patriots are going to want to, you know, have a shootout with them. So will Sean Green be effective there? I think Sean Green, we're going to take a look at his schedule and his projected matchups, and I think that's going to really take a, you know, a lot of effect on him. But personally, I like Sean Green, but 
a lot of owners last year, my SBFFC wasn't 100% where it was a PPR league, even though it was in the rules. But, like, you know, there again, a lot of the local owners, they don't play with PPR. And, then, you know, they kind of didn't get off their normalized sure. league and they didn't really adjust to the SBFFC. And now they're like, well, it's PPR now, so that makes some of the, some of the projections different. But overall, Sean Green's going to be good if he's the workhorse running back. You know, right. if he gets 12, 1,300 yards, I can see him being like a Michael Turner. I, I'll compare him to a Michael Turner or maybe even a Frank Gore without some of the catches, you know, type running back. Yeah, well, you know what, uh, Michael Turner and uh, Frank Gore, they're, they're both uh, very viable options out of the backfield, whereas uh, Sean Green, he really isn't. Sean Green, he's got he's to get done between tackles pretty much. Exactly. And, and, you know, he's and he's a young guy too, so he doesn't have a lot of high mileage. He doesn't have a lot of miles on his legs, so to speak. Right. And yeah, you know, this you know there again you know just kind of it's who you play and you know the and this if they let you go, you know it depends on what the you know playbook affiliation Rex Ryan's on that week for him to be really effective. These Rex Ryan's going to, have to believe in him one hundred percent to let him go, and I just don't know if Rex Ryan's ready ready to have him run the ball one hundred percent yet. But the thing is, he had a good end of last season though, didn't he? Yep. And. You basically, Tomlinson from week eight on last year, Tomlinson only had like 400 yards and like 125 carries. So, Sean Green kind of stepped a load in there. And Ryan Schottenheimer, the offensive coordinator out there in, in the Jets, that he really likes Sean Green. And, you know, he runs blocks as well. And maybe and I'll, Lane Tomlinson. You know, I'll be honest with you. I'm not a, I'm not a big proponent of Sean Green. Uh, I'm not that high on him. As long, you know, I mean, I said – these things right here, but uh, I I would just be uh, curious as to uh, who's higher on uh, Sean Green or LT just for one year, just for this year coming up. Uh, what player is going to make the biggest impact? What player is going to score the most most fantasy points? Is it uh, LT or Sean Green? I think Sean because, Green. You think so? Well, because. It, it, the reason oh, I yeah. ask that is because LT continues to improve based off of last year. Well, but if Ladainian Thompson, if Ryan Schottenheimer wants to roll get him, like say third back, it depends. If Sean Green gets twice as many carries as Thompson, he'll be definitely the the better fantasy player hands down. But if Thompson gets more of the catches from Sanchez and and if they don't run Sean Green like Schottenheimer wants him to. Then Tom Tomlinson's the more familiar name, so I could see a lot right. of fantasy owners drafting Tomlinson first because of his history, because of what he's done over the last ten years. But that's a big mistake. <laughs> I think so too. I agree with there, Mike, and and I and you're going. I guarantee you, you're going to see that happen. But I project Sean Green for 1,300 yards this year, nine touchdowns, but not very many receiving yards. So all right, again, let's move on to. Frank Gore, Frank Gore, RB11 with the uh, – I I tell you what, I think that's a low ADP for him, but uh, will his health hold him back with the hip behind McCoy? He's the best receiving back in the league. Now, the the other educators, will say from 4.8 yards of carry to 4.2, they drafted another back in the fourth round who led the Big 12 in rushing by more than 30 yards per game in Kendall Hunter. Frank Gore coming off the hip injuries. Uh, Dr. Harwood is at a bargain at RB11. RB, uh, running back, that would be about the uh, second round in the ADP. Well, I would say, it, I, you know, I think it gets back to, has Frank Gore been working out this offseason? I think he's got top five upside if he's healthy. He's, he won't play all 16 games. But he'll he'll be playing about thirteen games, and I see him RB eleven. I think that's a fair assessment of Frank Gore. All right, let's move on. I don't know what to think about Frank Gore. He's one of those guys that uh, man, what everything he had he had the highest percentage of carries for his uh, on his team when he got went down. He was one, like I said, one of the best receiving backs in the league. There's a lot of things I like about Frank Gore. The injury situation, notwithstanding. 
Vincent Jackson, wide receiver eight right now on the ADP. You've got Rivers, who's an elite quarterback now in the league. He's definitely throwing for 4,000 yards. Who, you know, they have Gates, who, uh, you know, getting up there in age, uh, but he's one of the best tight ends, if not the best. And I look at the game logs after the, the, the holdout last year, three for 53, four for 54, two for 29, and then one blowout game where he went five for 112 and three touchdowns. Everybody remembers that late game. Mike, I don't think I started him against you, but I still beat you in the playoffs, Mike. I'll give this one to you. <laughs> Jack, wide receiver eight. Is that a steal or a, uh, is that a little high for him? I, th- I, th- I think that could be a steal. Uh, anytime the tight ends in, in that position, uh, it's a steal. I'm, you know, for the last two, three years, I've been uh, pretty much saying that tight ends are irrelevant. No, they're not. You better you better grab a hold of what you can get uh, right away. So that, that's what I'm looking at as far as tight ends. I mean, you know, in, in, in my last mock, I – Heck, I've, I've taken two tight ends, and I'm in round 12. All right, speaking of tight ends, then, Dr. Harwood, we're going to finish up with you. Owen Daniels, he's being drafted at tight end number seven. He's got a cheap handcuff in Dreesen. But who's the number two wide receiver for Matt Schaub right now? A lot of people will say it's Owen Daniels. They gave the kid – he's not a kid anymore – four years for $22 million back in March. I mean, that – that's paying him like he's a first-round draft pick kind of guy, $5 million a year. So 22 catches over the last four games after he came back from the injury. Now, wow, I mean, 65 yards per game there. ACL and handy issues all year. Comes back from those, has a dominant night for you, four weeks for a tight end. Dr. Harwood, 29 years old, he should be a monster. Agree or disagree? I agree. And they signed him right before the lockout, so the Texans definitely believe in him. Hopefully he won't get complacent with a new contract, but I think he'll get about 65 catches, about 800 receiving yards, about five touchdowns, and he'll get quite a few catches as well. And he'll get targeted quite a bit more because I think the Houston Texans, they're not going to really figure who that second wide receiver is after Andre Johnson. So Owen Daniels, he's got to stay healthy. He's got to get on that, you know, he's got to stay healthy and light the Tennessee Titans up twice a year. So he's going to be a good top uh, five to ten tight end in my book. Draft him. All right. Brian Harwood from the SBFFC.com. That's the Southern Bluegrass Fantasy Football Championship drafting live August 20th, 2011. Check it out. You might just have a good time if you're in the area. Uh, get a hold of him and get at him. Uh, Dr. Harwood, thanks for being on Red vs. Blue, man. Take care. Hey, thanks for having me on the show again. And you and Mike are more than welcome to play the SBFFC this year. We'd like to have a great review of the event you know, as our league grows and, and learn. And uh, thanks again for having me on, gentlemen. Really enjoyed it. Thank you. We'll be in touch. All right, Mike. I know that's your neck of the woods there. Uh, I'll just ask you, you you heard all the details. It's uh, 3RR, six points per touchdown, dual flex. It looks like the league prizes are, uh, you know, uh, what, I've got $5,100 in league prizes total here. So it looks like top prize in the league can win $800, uh, $100 for total points, $100 for best record, $600 for winning the league. Then you win and go on to the championship round where you can win another two grand plus a trophy, plus the Kentucky Championship entry, $300. Yeah, I'm going to ask you, are you thinking about playing in the, the event? Yeah, you know what? Uh, I am. I, you know, I thought about it uh, last year, and uh, I think I might uh, jump on board uh, uh, with that, uh, along with uh, – I'm not going to leave out for Elliott, but the one thing about uh, that event and uh, with uh, Ferro Elliott and – Kentucky Fantasy uh, Championship is the uh, the affiliation. You know th- that's gonna uh, that's gonna weigh into uh, whether I want to jump on into it. I mean, if, if it's gonna be affiliated with the uh, walk-off, I can't do that, Scott. And you know, I hope that the uh, everybody out there listening and you know can understand where I'm coming from. I'm I gotta make a decision, and I'm I'm gonna make a decision to be. Uh, you know, affiliated with someone and with an organization that's not going to, uh, you know, not going to rob me blind if I win. So, 
I All right, bring we're, up, almost, we're, we're almost running out of time. We're going to tell the listeners, if you want to hear about the news from the FPA, you need to wait a couple of minutes. We're going to have overtime. You need to download the podcast and listen to the overtime section. That's, uh, that's where it's going to be. Rivers, see you next week. You've been listening to Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio, where Planet Red and Big Blue Nation collide. With your hosts, Scott Atkins and Michael Trent. Please join us next time. All right, Mike, we're back. It was a, it was a fun show to see, uh, to have Brian Harwood on, and uh, I'm a little under the weather tonight, so I appreciate you guys rocking and rolling for us. Let's talk about... Uh, this this last uh, dynasty offer that we wanted to get out there. It was a Mike Williams trade, Mike. You, do you have it in front of you, Mike Williams and Moreno? Uh, no, actually, I'm typing. Uh, go, ahead, uh, go ahead and tell everybody what that is, and I'll pull that up. All right, Mike Williams from Tampa for uh, Nolshawn Moreno, the 2-5 rookie pick and a future second-round pick. Which side do you like there, buddy? Mike Williams in Tampa for Moreno, a 2-5, and a future second. I like the Moreno side of it. I'll take Moreno. Take the Moreno in the picks. Well, I'll tell you what, that's your opinion. I'm going to disagree and take the other side like we always do. Uh, Mike Williams from Tampa, I think, is an elite rare talent. We saw it the first year. It's an emerging offense. And it's very difficult to find those to get those second round picks to pan out. Is there value in the second round? Absolutely, but it's it's hard to nail it. It's just very hard to nail it. You know the Deshaun Jacksons of the world, second and third round picks. You just never know where they're going to be. You get one pick and one check, one stab at it. It could be a guy, but then again, it could be another nothing. So I, I kind of like uh, making sure I lock down the Mike Williams stud. Moreno, there's lots of question marks. We obviously know the situation on him. He doesn't look like he's going to be a future full-time back in the NFL like a lot of people predicted him to be. It doesn't look like he has that burst. He doesn't break a lot of big game tackles or or, or big gainers on the ground. So it looks like Mike Williams is the guy to have there in that trade. Uh, And that's why I like the Mike Williams side. Yeah, I do. Uh, No, I don't. (laughs) But, uh, you know, there was something that you brought up, uh, uh, weekly uh, player opinions. Uh, Benson Jackson, I'm very curious, Scott, as to uh, uh, your thoughts on uh, Benson Jackson. All right. Well, like I said, I, I broke down the last part of those game logs, three for 53, four for 54, two for 29. Uh, it didn't look like Rivers had a, a huge affinity for the kid. Uh, I'm sure he's glad to have him back. He did have that one game where he went monsters, five for 112 and three. But I think with Phillip Rivers, there's a tendency to spread the ball around, uh, hit open targets, and not to force it in anywhere. He doesn't have to force it. He's a very good quarterback. He makes a lot of reads. He's not, you know, the fantasy guys that I like, I mean, I like the just four-speed guys. Matt Schaub to Andre all day long. Give him to me, you know, if I'm going to pay a, a top price. For a guy, I like it to be somebody that you just feed constantly. And I don't think Vincent Jackson is the kind of guy that gets fed the ball throughout the game uh, by a quarterback like ben, uh, like Phillip Rivers. I think Phillip Rivers is one of those cerebral quarterbacks uh, who will spread it around, and the offense is so potent. The running game is going to be a lot better this year. you got Gates in the middle. Gates is still your number one option. But you're paying a number one price for Vincent Jackson, and you're not even getting the best receiver on the team, who's Antonio Gates, in my opinion. So I right, don't like right. paying that high of a price for a player who's not the best receiver on his team. Right, I, I agree with that. And uh, let me uh, let me switch gears real quick, Scott, if you don't mind. Uh, the FBA. Uh, What's going on, and uh, is there anything that uh, you guys are going to announce, or uh, what's going on with the Fantasy uh, Players Association? I'm just kind of curious. Well, here's what we had overtime for tonight, guys. We, uh, I know everybody's tuning back into the podcast to hear this. We have conducted a couple of live um, discussions and uh, impending uh, interview results with several uh, people involved in the structured uh, World Championship of Fantasy Football event. Primarily, uh, our good friend Code Cracker, Rich McClellan, has discussed 
with the MGM uh, to discuss the situation over there at the World Championship of Fantasy Football to get their thoughts. And then the uh, I have had a conversation with Mark from RT Sports, who runs the back end for the World Championship of Fantasy Football. Two very interesting discussions. You will not want to miss what they have to say. I think it's pretty important that everybody is looking out for the players' interest in this. That's really the only interest that matters. Are the players getting paid? And we're asking questions such as, will you participate uh, in the World Championship of Fantasy Football activities? If the winners from 2010 are not paid, you'll be very interested in the answers, uh, in the ongoing plans, and what's to come for the World Championship of Fantasy Football. So please tune in to the FPA. Be watching the Facebook page. Be watching the – if you're not signed up and following that already, you need to, because those are stories that are very relevant to all fantasy players watching this situation very, very closely. So, Mike, that's what I got for you tonight, just a little sneak peek at what's coming down the pipe. All right. Sounds good. Uh, you know, I just uh, I appreciate you and uh, whatever what you and the board uh, for FEA are doing. Uh, I just uh, I just want to get this thing done. I, I hope the uh, – hopefully a week from today we can uh, sit down and – talk with ease about football, about, you know, not having to worry about no CBA or anything like that. Uh, I don't think that's going to happen, but it, there, there's still uh, there's still some hope out there. And uh, it, it's just, it, it makes it frustrating from all ends. And I saw a post here real quick, and I got, this, this is, this is cute. Uh, is it me or does Mike and Brian sound eerily similar? <laughs> well, both from the two seven zero man, the two seven zero representing on red for blue man. I I felt I felt a little ganged up. I have to admit, but uh, yeah, that was uh, that was definitely the case. You, Dr. Harwood, I don't know what his doctorate's in, but it sounds pretty official to me. Mike, thanks for being a part of Red vs. Blue, man. We'll see you next week, buddy. All right, man. You take care, Scott. Hey, and the thing is, I'm thinking about should I show mercy on you? Should I start Benson and show mercy or? To the start terrain and really just hammer you down. I don't know what to do. I I don't know. Part of me feels like mercy. Part of me feels like, eh, go ahead and start this and then just win by ten, twelve points. You think you think you're gonna you think you're gonna beat me? <laughs> no, I know I will. Century, doing something mean to it, do it better than anybody you ever seen. Do it, strange from the haters, got a nice ring to it. I guess every superhero need the same music. No one man should have all that power. The clock's ticking, I just.